0: Hey, this is the Active Listening Podcast. Today I'll be on my own interviewing my longtime friend, Sarah Brown. We're going to be hearing some of her story on coming out, what she believes the Bible says on homosexuality, and more. Sarah will be unraveling how her faith has been walked out through this experience. She has always been the friend I can talk to about spirituality, and she has some great insights. I look forward to sharing her story with you. Let's begin. Well, welcome. I'm so excited to chat with my good friend, Sarah Brown, today and to hear some of her story. She currently lives in Powell River, BC with her partner, Mel, and their dog. Um, We both met when we were shy eight-year-olds, and we went to the same church, and we're both homeschooled. So we have a fair bit of history together. So welcome, Sarah.
1: Hi, it's good to be here.
0: Yay, I'm so glad that we're able to chat. This is not an easy conversation to necessarily have but one that is important and I'm very proud of you for wanting to share with us
1: awesome I'm glad to be able to share and I guess my heart in sharing is um, kind of to not so much focus in on you know the details of exactly how it happened for me and how I've experienced this but um, I think it's helpful. I've been helped by people that have just kind of also have shared some of the details of how they've gone through. Yeah, all of this similar situation. I'll let you set
0: up the yeah. topic if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Uh, well, give us a little bit of your backstory. You grew up in a family of all boys, right? I sure did. <laughs> how was that growing up as the only girl in a family?
1: Um, I loved it honestly Um, I I think a little bit of just the way I am I am actually wired and I know there's some you know nature versus nurture in there but the way that I am wired is kind of just I I play well with boys yep. so it was actually very easy to have guys all around and being the second oldest always makes it easier because it wasn't like a Oh, I have my big brothers that are always picking on me kind right. of situation. I was able to somewhat have some rule of the roost, uh, and uh, yeah, no, I was it was. I never really like felt like I needed a sister or anything like that. I, it was a good childhood, I would say.
0: Yeah, and really, you had a lot of friends too. So it's not like you were completely all by yourself in a world of oh, boys. No,
1: there, there, I wasn't. Uh, on an island with boys only.
0: Yeah. That
1: would have been different.
0: Yeah. Um, growing up, did you ever feel like, I don't know, you didn't really fit in? Or did you feel pretty comfortable as a kid and as a teenager?
1: Um, I did have a sense that I didn't fit in. But I, as I look, kind of look back on my childhood, I realize how somewhat oblivious i was of some of those social dynamics like i did i remember always having kind of a sense that i'm not a natural fit for lots of situations yeah relationally yeah but i also i didn't feel super self-conscious about it like I think I felt, hmm, I felt a bit self-conscious, but it wasn't that that um, really held me back. I liked myself. Yeah. So I, I was aware that I wasn't, uh, that people didn't all understand me, but right. I did like myself.
0: Yeah, because you were a little bit quirky to some people, I'm sure. I was. I mean, I, I'm positive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I loved you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we had lots in common too. It's, I think some of the, some of the quirky things that, you know, uh, like introverts can enjoy together, like right. being a little more bookish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's things like that that we shared too.
0: Yeah. Um, so did you feel as a kid that feeling that you might be gay or did that kind of show itself a little bit later?
1: Definitely later, I did not, I wasn't even aware of the gay um, being a thing. Yeah. Um, I think that I was like, I was somewhat aware, you know, and I grew up in the church. So I was, I'd heard stories about, you know, Solomon Gabor or whatever. And I must have, I was probably, you know, somewhat young when I was like, oh, okay. I, you know, it was explained to me, oh, like, this is like, men with men, women with women, and that's, like, not how it works. Um, I really had a very simplistic concept of that, though. I I did not understand. To me, it was, like, the same as, like, it was presented as if it was, like, a psychosis or something. Like, people that, you know, want this, like, are so, like, messed up. Yeah. They're so, like, they need loads of like assistance and help because they're, they're really like turned around and they're thinking about things. Um, It was never presented as as something that was just natural to people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never once until I was probably uh, 15 or 16, even like had the slightest thought that like, Oh, like, I don't think i even it might have been around 15 or 16 when i first kind of thought oh maybe i have some attraction to women and at that point it was more just me identifying something that had been occurring my whole life but i hadn't realized that me being attracted to women was like was that it was attraction it wasn't just you know, real admiration or, like, I'm just, like, particularly really, like, drawn to this person. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't really have a framework to put it in right. for them.
0: Do you feel like the way that you were brought up in, say, church and things affected the fact that you couldn't identify with that very well?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I think it's somewhat similar to uh, some of it was, you know, what you're taught. Some of it is also just what you're exposed to, right? I didn't have anyone around me in my life that wasn't straight to my knowledge. That's yeah. talked about at least yeah. as, as openly being LGBTQ plus or whatever. Yeah. So I, it was definitely, you know, the influence of my upbringing very much that kind of kept me from understanding those things. Yeah. I would say so.
0: Was it shocking to you when you finally made that connection and finally decided, you know what, this is me, and I'm going to share this part of me?
1: Um. Yeah, it was. It was It was weird. It was a weird shock. It was a shock while also not being a shock. Yeah. Like, I was 19, and like I said, I kind of first, so I'd had, you know, three or four years of kind of just, like, having, like, a niggling concern that, like, this might be a thing. I never once thought that I was gay. Right. But I, I, it was more like I, I, I was, oh, well, maybe I'm also attracted to women a bit. And, but I can just ignore that. I just, like, won't act on those feelings because I'll just, you know, wait, hold out for the, the magical man that is actually, that I actually feel, like, attracted to in all ways. Um, it wasn't until I was, yeah, I was 19 and, um, through a series of, uh, unfortunate events, some of which I created myself, um, I kind of, yeah, came face to face with the fact that maybe, maybe this isn't just a, uh, ooh, possibly sometimes I have these feelings thing. Maybe this is a very present reality of the way that I am Mm -hmm. I need to figure out what to do about this now Um, because the minute that I kind of recognized and owned that this is going on in me my next immediate question was well how do I walk this out because I'm not supposed to be this way Mm -hmm. for God you know and and my immediate thought I had always been taught that it was uh, a sin Um, what I think I hadn't been taught is what do you what do you do like what do you do with that sin
0: yeah
1: or what do you do with the way that you experience your your life Like, I think it touched on a bigger, a lot of bigger questions. And I had only ever heard it spoken to in a way of, this is a sin, you know, make sure that you don't do it. Um, And the sin was having, like, actual intercourse with another same-sex person. What I had not really heard spoken to was... What is your future going to look like? What is God calling you to? What if maybe he isn't calling you to be married and have a family? Like that never even crossed my mind. Right. Um, What if, like, what if the life that God is calling you to is different than you've pictured? And are you willing to accept that, weigh the cost, and be prepared to hear from God what his goodness is in the way that he's actually made you. Um, Because, you know, when you're young, you, you only have so much awareness of who you are and the way that you're wired. And I think that some people come to this understanding of their own sexuality a lot younger than I did. Right. But regardless, you know, you reach a point where you're realizing how much this could influence the way that you handle this could influence the rest of your life. Yeah. And it's no longer just a question of having a good time. Like the, the pleasure of a happy, fulfilled sexual experience. It's also, am I going to be alone the rest of my life? Am I going to be able to have a partner who I can have children with? am i going to be able to be loved in a way that is um that is like deep and committed and long term you know beyond you know this family member or that family member yeah um yeah there's all these questions that kind of come up so when you ask was it shocking um it was I think it was a shock that kind of like slowly unfolded in layers.
0: Right. And those are some of those layers. Yeah. Oh man. So, did your family and friends have much to say about it or were they also unsure about the whole thing and not sure what to say?
1: Um, so when I was 19, I it was the first time that I talked to anybody about it and I spoke with my parents first um, before anyone else, um, they received it really well in that they, they, it wasn't that they had a perfect understanding or answer to what to do and how to handle those questions and that sort of a thing, but they, they kind of were just like, okay, yeah, this is a thing, and like, how can we, we want to, like, walk with you and figuring out how to walk before the Lord rightly in this. Um, both of them came from the perspective as well that, like, it's not God's, uh, that God's design for marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, so it wasn't like, a, we, you know, we accept you and you can do whatever you want but it was, uh, no, like nothing has changed between, between us. Um, and I think having that, that conversation really helped, especially in the beginning, because I was struggling so much with understanding for myself, how to place that even for myself, I didn't talk to anyone else about it for mm, at least a year, maybe a couple of years.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: because I just didn't even know how to how to understand it within myself, and then, you know, you start talking about it with someone else who also doesn't understand how to slot it, right. and it just gets more confusing. Right. Um. Yeah. When I when I did begin to share it with other people, I got a, a range of reactions. From, I
0: can imagine. Uh,
1: yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um. But I but I think that having it was really important for me to have least you know a few people who were able to respond both in a loving way and also with like biblical guidance and willingness to kind of walk forward in it with me
0: yeah does that have any factor in why you chose to move to bc um
1: maybe a little bit in that um this is skipping forward a little bit (laughs) because there was me re- realizing like, okay, when I was 19, okay, this is a thing. Um, and it was like several years later. I think it was, I think it was 25 when I finally kind of was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be gay and I'm going to date women. Yeah. Um, later that year, When I was 25, um, I was kind of hitting a crisis of faith, Um, and a lot of this was brought on and influenced by dealing with this issue Mm -hmm. and trying to understand what is the right way to respond to other people who um. Are in a similar situation, even if it's not being gay. Um. A lot of my faith crisis was brought on by wanting to know the balance between making it safe for people who are just different, and people are not understanding them. Uh, how should the church be walking with those people? Yeah. And I think in that time, I I began to really lose my trust in the actual word of God.
0: Um, Did you lose your trust in the church at all in this time? Um, church being not the people.
1: I've never really divided the two. In my mind, the church is... That phrase only counts towards people who are actually devoted to Jesus. I realize that a lot of people that are devoted to Jesus make a lot of mistakes that are hurtful to other people. But that's a different thing than people who are in the church but not devoted to walking forward and understanding... Uh, basing their understanding of truth in scripture, uh, like regularly putting themselves before God to be changed and renewed and given the grace to even be able to walk through things with people that they can't relate to. I think that's something that the world, especially today is really trying to uh, say can be done effectively and well and I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a minute. I think I think that you can walk forward with somebody that you don't understand. Uh, if you want to just say that the difference doesn't matter, um, this is probably getting into a larger topic. So, yeah, I guess if in that time, I had lost faith in the church. I had definitely been hurt by the church. Yeah. But. I think I, I've just always known that it's the Lord's work to build the church and preserve his bride. And he is doing that. Yeah. And me being angry at the church as a whole actually steals my hope mm. in the truth away. Yeah. And um, that doesn't mean at all turning a blind eye or pushing under the rug a lot of the injustices and wrongs that people who call themselves christian uh do and do like without growing and without repenting um there's a lot of that and actually scripture says all over the place that that is wrong and that it's not acceptable and the lord's angry about it and so therefore we're also allowed to be angry about those things yeah but I, I definitely, I, I, stayed plugged in with the church, um, un- until I was twenty five. At which point, I had a bit of a crisis, and uh, there was a, there was a blip of not feeling like I belonged in the church.
0: What do you think now, and kind of through your processing and through your crisis of faith? What point did you come to? in realizing it's okay to be gay and reconciling that with what the Bible says about homosexuality too.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, this is a two part process. The first was when I was 25, um, leading up to that for a couple of years. Um, like I said, I shared with my parents, um, that I was gay. Um, a couple years later, we didn't talk about it regularly. It wasn't like, a, oh, let's be accountability partners or something like yeah. that. It was just, okay, this is a thing. And uh, you're always welcome to, like, process through it with us kind of a thing. Um, but the Lord laid out on my dad's heart um, to really start studying this. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't that he was studying it for me because it was – uh, like two or three years after we had kind of chatted it wasn't like a very current conversation um, he was actually led by the lord to study into this because he's in leadership at the church and he was just seeing how this is a thing like this is something that culturally is talked about all the time and um it was actually him beginning to like try and scripturally dive into it, uh, that led me to also begin to scripturally dive into it. Um, so we were able to kind of share back and forth and what we were seeing, um, as we were processing through that, where I landed when I was 25 was, um, I kind of jumped from Believing that it's not okay to be gay and it's not okay to do gay, to uh, it's okay to be gay and to do gay. Hmm. My thinking in that at that point was, um, essentially that you know, it is it's vague in scripture, um, some of the terms that are used in this in the passages that are talking about. Homosexuals and homosexuality. Some of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, along with so many other current modern issues, there's no specific passage that is saying, you know, uh, a woman and a woman who are both Christians and both uh, loving the Lord and who desire to be committed and monogamous may not be married. Um, It's not in scripture. Yeah. At 25, I basically took that as good, awesome, because I definitely want to be married. I'm not going to be alone for the rest of my life. I want to have a family. And it sounds like that's fine with God. Um, So at that that point, I did actually decide I'm going to begin seeing women and up till that point I hadn't. Um, and at that point I also began to come out to other people. Give me a quick refresh of the question.
0: <laughs> 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 I was headed somewhere. There's a point one and a point two before the original question. <laughs> the original question was um what did you end up coming to the conclusion that the Bible said about homosexuality?
1: Okay. Right. So um Okay. So that's the conclusion I came to at 25, uh, at 25, uh, later that year, um, I received a message from a Christian who was on this one dating app that I was on. Um, but the question that she had messaged me was, what does your faith look like? And to be honest, like, that was in the middle of my faith crisis where I felt like for the first time I couldn't even, I wasn't even sure if God was real. It was like a real landslide down into confusion and feeling really unmoored and unhinged. Um, I, I remember actually the, the, the Sunday after really like deciding, okay, I'm going to date women walking into church. And feeling separate. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: Like an invisible separateness. Like, oh, guys, if you really knew that I liked women and that I am going to be open to a relationship with a woman, then I definitely don't belong here. Um, I kind of like use some bravado to make my way through some of those coming out conversations. Um, because I, I was like, well, you shouldn't care. Like you should accept me the way that I am. Um, but I definitely, I, I was, uh, there was something going on spiritually in me as far as uh, this decision change something. Yeah, The girl that messaged me who we did end up dating, um, we both were of the mind that it was um, something that was permissible in God's eyes um, in like a loving and monogamous and God-centered way. Today we are not dating today, we call each other partners sometimes just because um, we're really committed to each other. Um, But we both are very much of the persuasion that uh, God's word makes very clear that marriage is between a man and a woman. So I would say, yeah, today, what has changed is the be gay thing is something that is that I've accepted as this is part of my experience in this life and it may never go away and that's okay if it never goes away um, as far as pursuing, you know, a sexual, a homosexual relationship. Um, I just don't see room in scripture for that. And actually it's been really amazing how as i've again surrendered like re-surrendered that to the lord um there has been a real change in my ability to to hear from god and just in the way that i'm able to hold him in my heart because it is ultimately about um, actually as Christians, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, that you feel that you're gay. If, you know, you, you feel, um, you can be anything, uh, that you feel that you are. Um, it, it's, well, what does God say is true? I'm saying this is scary because that is very quickly taken out of context. Right.
0: Um,
1: That's very quickly used as, uh, as a reason for people to tell those who are not straight, that they just need to throw away those feelings and they need to disregard those experiences entirely. And um, that it's wrong to even accept that that is a true and present reality in your life. I think that's very damaging. I think that's that's really hard to just be told you you can't you can't even acknowledge part of your experience. Yeah. As being true. Right. And there's a difference between acknowledging that your life, your experience and the things that God has allowed to be present in your life. Um, they may not all be supposed to lead you forward, but they may always be there. Yeah. So I guess I guess what I would say is uh, when it comes to homosexuality, uh, I I totally would say I am a gay Christian. I am gay. Um, if the Lord decides to change that like I guess he could um, I think he does I, I've I've heard that people do not change that but that the Lord does uh, give them like a really beautiful relationship with with a uh, someone of the opposite gender um, it can happen but I don't think that that is the answer that we're supposed to hold out to our uh, gay brothers and sisters in the Lord that's not the end goal. Um, the end goal is the same one that would be held out to all of us in the body, which is let's surrender to Christ and let's ask him what our life is to look like and receive both the cross and also the joys because there's cross and joys for both straight people and gay people, for uh, you know cis people, and people that have are struggling with gender dysphoria. Um, this whole conversation, which is you know really present in uh, a lot of our lives and a lot of our minds and conversations, and is at the heart of a lot of controversy um, with the church, um, I think that it really does center down to it's going to be hard to lay down all the layers and understand how to move forward. But the end goal for all of us is, you know, when we, when we reach heaven, there is no marriage. Like there is no man or woman, you know, and I'm getting so caught up on um, our pictures of ourselves, the, the constructs that we have of ourselves in our own minds and not even laying that down before the Lord and working it out over time. We have to do that. It's part of our walk with the Lord. Um,
0: Yeah. Those are my thoughts. (laughs) So good. Um, I'd like you to talk a little bit about how you and your partner have decided to be uh, celibate and how that is translated into your relationship and how sometimes... Especially when you get older than 30, people don't totally understand that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, This was a very much the Lord thing. How we both, uh, like I said, we were, I mean, we're both in a relationship because we both believed that it was permissible uh, with God. But uh, my partner was struggling more with it. She was more uncertain. I had kind of been like, okay, I've like, gone back and forth on this so long that I I think I was just like, I'm tired of going back and forth with this. I'm tired of fighting this. This is where I've landed and I'm, I don't want to revisit the conversation. She was revisiting the conversation, even though it was Obviously, it's a stressful conversation to be having even internally when you're in a relationship. She one day just was talking this out with God again and, uh, and really just finally like settled it in her heart. She was like, well, I think this is what the word says. And she says that, you know, she heard God kind of say like, yeah, it sounds like you've, decided then and she's like oh yeah yeah i have conversations finally settled um and she told me about this a day or two after and it was totally the lord because the minute she started talking about it my spirit just said like yeah yes that is true that's so crazy <sighs> yeah because i i mean and i've i've heard like This is hard (laughs) when uh, this does not always go so easily. Um, But, yeah, it was very much uh, we were both on the same page. And um, as far as what that looks like to us, like, we both very much see that our commitment to um, support each other in, in each other's walk with the Lord. Um, to be there for each other um, emotionally and a very present part of each other's lives. That's something that, like we believe is, is right and holy. Um, and from the very beginning, I've seen very much the hand of God in bringing the two of us together. And it was my error, and you know our error, in making that relationship something that God didn't intend for it to be. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's a huge blessing to have someone um, who is committed to go through life still with you. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, we, I, I definitely, when I was younger, Anytime I heard of someone who was uh, celibate, um, the message that we're told is basically that um, celibate people are sexually repressed. And mm-hmm. that it's yeah. going to end up in depression and uh, a big hit on your mental health, basically. And I would say that like loneliness is very hard. And I, I wish I could... I wish I could speak to that in the the most tenderest way, because I know that um, I am particularly very, very blessed to have someone consistent in my life and not everyone does. Um, But I think that that's like what the body of Christ is supposed to be for. Um, And as I've been diving into scripture and kind of, really just been seeking the Lord and like okay as a as a woman first of all what what is your will for women then secondarily as a woman who is not does not have a husband and won't be you know at home caring for the kids or anything like that that's not a part of my life um what is your will for me and as I study Scripture, I really do see that, like the Lord's heart for uh, men or women that are single, there is such a place for celibate people in the church. There is such an important place, and it's different. It's different than people that are married, but actually, they're they're totally on the same level. And Paul Paul says, you know. And he says this is his opinion, but he says it's actually like it is better to be single. Uh, I always read that as like, well, that's nice for you to say, but
0: <laughs> right? Uh,
1: I, I don't want to. I don't want to be single.
0: Yeah, you didn't want but, that for yourself.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, what I what I've really been like hearing from the Lord in that is how like there is so there is a different glory, but there is such a glory in, um, yeah, living a life that it's not for yourself. Um, what I do see is that a lot of people who they're, uh, maybe disillusioned with marriage in general, uh, they're they just, um, you know, are like, oh, I'm holding out for like Mr. Right or whatever. Uh, sometimes that can be in a godly way. And sometimes that is actually in just a really selfish way. It is in a, I want, I want to be able to rule my own life. I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to have all these responsibilities. Um, I, I really want to focus on my career, that sort of a thing. That's not the heart that uh, any of us should have, whether married or single. Yeah. Uh, if you're married, you know, you're, you're not focused on like you're, you're building your career or uh, you know, maintaining your independence, um, you're serving the Lord. You surrender to the Lord, and you do that in really close communion and intimacy with your spouse. As a single person, you're serving the Lord. You're in community with the body, and that is what your life is for.
0: That's good. Uh. That's good. I like that.
1: But yeah, I just, I see that there's a lot of place for single people in the church, um, but that's not my experience in, in people's response often yeah. to single
0: people. Which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I think, that, you know, with some uh, better teaching on this and more open-heartedness to, to understand different people's callings and, and willingness to be able to support each other in our different callings. Uh, You know, I I think, you know, the Lord is already at work and in doing that in people's hearts. And I pray that, you know, that continues.
0: Yeah. So in our last couple of moments here, uh, what would you say to someone going through this journey of discovering who they are or struggling to find the courage to come out? What would you say to them?
1: I, I would say, yeah, like the way that you hold these things that you're, seeing about yourself is really important. Like, don't dismiss it and feel like you have to be straight. Um, that said, like, don't feel like you're so special, I guess, in that you, you have a different situation uh, than a lot of people, but you also have a very very common situation which we all face uh and that is coming up with coming up against things that are um a part of our experience that we need to we need to surrender to the lord i often for myself i often go back to the analogy of for someone who has been born with a uh some kind of a, a disability or an illness, uh, disease, something like that. Um, I don't like to I don't like to liken our sexual orientation to a disease because I think that's really not accurate. But my point is something that you didn't choose for yourself, right. that is a part of your daily experience and affects your life. It can't just be ignored. The response to that is still to surrender to God. Uh, the response to that is still to study scripture, look into what the word says, not just exclusively focusing on, oh, okay, well, what does God say about the gay thing? What does God say about it? What am I supposed to do about the gay thing? But like, no, no, actually study all of scripture. That's where you will find your answer is in the whole entirety of who is God? Who are you? Who is mankind? What what is sin? What is holiness? Yeah. Like, what are we called to walk towards? Like, that is actually where you're going to find the answers you're looking for. And it's longer. It, it's, it's not the... It's not a quick point A to B answer. Yeah, That's hard, but it's also what we're all doing. Like, it's, it is what we're all doing. And... Uh, I would pray that if anyone who is listening to this is and is not uh, gay or you know has gender dysphoria or anything like that, be be tender with your brothers and sisters in Christ, um, and don't be don't be quick to need them to put it all in a box and tie it up in a ribbon, um, because there's a lot of layers to this. Um, and I would say, encourage, encourage them in their walk with God, uh, encourage them towards greater obedience, um, pray for them, like actually pray for them. I think that's, that's what's needed in the body of Christ is, you know, for me, I, I had some safe people who were grounded in scripture and loved me to process some of these things with, and that's been a huge deal for me. Um, And I think that is what the body of Christ is supposed to be for each other. Um, So, yeah, if you're gay and and there are people that you have in your life who uh, would be able to walk with you in that, like, take advantage of that, definitely. Like, it's important to not trust your your own singular opinion on these things and your own singular sorting through of these things uh, because it's confusing and it's hard and we need each other to point out where we're not faithfully fully surrendering to what the word of God is saying um, and it's for our good and I would say you know there's there's so much joy and so much hope and so much fullness in living your life for Jesus like surrendering your whole self to jesus Um, and that's what i would encourage you
0: to do with your whole heart that's great thank you sarah thank you for joining me and sharing your heart and being open and honest yeah i'm always happy to be able to share yeah and uh, for those of you who are listening thank you for stopping by and opening up your hearts and being willing to journey through this with us and we hope that you continue to listen and have your hearts be open to those who may not be exactly like us and whose journey may look a little bit different Um, but we can still be there for them with grace, right Sarah? Yeah, exactly. Thank you and love you. Love you too! (laughs) Look forward to (laughs) More chats with you in the future. Absolutely. So. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to our episode with Sarah. I'm so proud of her for opening up part of our story for you to listen to. She mentioned in our pre-episode chat that her journey looked like going from point A to point B and back to point A, but with a different perspective and the added experience. I really like how she said that. Construction, deconstruction, and reconstruction. I know it takes a lot of guts to share the parts of your heart that people don't get to see, especially on a podcast. My hope is that someone out there feels a little more free because of Sarah's story. And just to reiterate, we may not always share the same viewpoints or opinions as our guests, but our desire is for people to feel safe to join us at the table and on this journey of life together. I may not come to the same conclusions as Sarah, and you might not either, but at least we can come together and bridge the divide with grace. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us. Active listening.life at gmail.com or leave a review on iTunes. See you next time.